Welcome. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. This is the one and only IT in the D show episode 410. And we are broadcasting live from our, uh, on, I was say quarantine again. I gotta, I gotta think of a new line. Uh, I'm your host, Bob Wallenspiel, hanging out with producer Randy Walker. Guest this week, uh, one of my favorite people in the world, Eric Gutierrez. He's a author. Uh, he's a movie. I don't even know what to call you. Movie maker, writer. Um, yeah, an all-around great guy. Uh, find us online, itinthed.com. Give us a like on the socials and subscribe to us everywhere. Fine podcasts are sold. If you follow us on Meetup, uh, meetup.com slash itinthed, we got an event next week over at uh, Whiskey in the Jar in Hamtramck, moving from Nancy Whiskey's. So we'll be there for uh, for a couple months, and then we'll uh, find another place. So I uh, hope to see you Thursday, 5 to 8. Uh, no speakers and no cover. So by the time people actually listen to this episode, it'll probably be this week. So that is the 16th, just to clarify. That's fine. Whatever works. Hope to see you there. <laughs> We're recording so, a little later than normal. So yeah, yeah. So Eric, I, I originally met you through the Comic Con circuit. You're, you know, we'll get into your work and stuff, but it's been an interesting since pandemic started, since the quarantine. That you know, you know, the the running joke always that comic cons was you got con crud and everyone got sick uh going to these things because you shook a hundred thousand hands and you you drank a lot and no one ever ate well and everyone got sick and now it's to the point where like are are people you know the cons are starting back up again monroe's in a in a week um are people putting plexiglass up are you not shaking hands are you, I guess, what's the consensus and on, on the authors and everybody coming back to these things? Well, uh, my first official one will be Motor City Comic Con coming up in October. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be weird, man. Uh, I know I'm definitely going to wear a mask through the whole deal each day that I'm going to be there. And, uh, yeah, probably not going to shake it. <laughs> I thought that was weird, man, because Astronomicon, you know, Ming was there and he was sitting next to Shannon Elizabeth from American Pie, right? And she's got a mask on and I'm looking at it going, why in the hell would I want to meet her? With It, it just seemed utterly bizarre to me. That's the state of the times, man. I know it's kind of weird. You know, and it's like they got to make some money and, you know, I guess I get an autographed picture of her. But at the same token, it's like, you know. Part of the allure, especially with with you guys, you know, you and Tony and, you know, Dom and everybody that, you know, the guys are the authors is kind of like the connection to you. Right. I bought this book from this guy that I like that I had this great conversation with or girl, yeah. you know, and, and you're, you miss that when you have a mask on because, you know, it's weird, man. Yeah, I mean. It's just one of those things. You, it's just it's uh, I, I look at like you ever like notice videos. Uh, like when I used to watch <laughs> Nerd Alert, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, you would see uh, this is years before people in the crowds wear masks. Sure. And then, you know, us here, I'd be like, man, what's going on over there? Why are they wearing masks? And, and then, well, here we are. Well, that was, <laughs> uh, first. I've been to Tokyo a few times and the taxi cabs are touchless. So you don't open up the door. They have a little thing and there's like white doilies and the taxi drivers have white gloves. And it's like a very like hospital like atmosphere. And like when you go on the trains, yeah. everyone, you know, I'd say it was twenty five percent people wore masks on the on the subways and the trains. Kinda, I mean, you know, it makes sense. I just 
I don't want to get political on this. Sh- you know, no, it's fine. The way people politicize this whole thing, it's like, no, man, it's like, it, look, the whole thing about masks don't work. Well, you tell that when you go to a doctor's office or you're about to get surgery. You yeah, that, I want to see you like get up from the table. Hey, you don't have to wear that mask when you are uh, performing surgery on me. <laughs> a lot you of people that? turn into uh, infectious disease experts yeah, during this like, time. No, it's no, no, and the thing is. Is you know I don't want to get political on it too, but we haven't figured out why. Like you know, they get the three of us here, and one of us could get sick, and two of us could be fine, and then one of us could just have the sniffles, and then you know, well, someone can go into you know need a ventilator and be you know coma for thirty days. You know what I mean? It's just super bizarre, and no one knows why. So I get on the airing of caution, but and I get that business has to go on, but it's it's one of those things like the virtual con thing. I think is toilet i don't even know how that would work um you know i've been been to a lot of work for effort you know i i I appreciate the you know the because i've done a few of those yeah i mean like you know being an it trade shows was a big deal in my life and what they would end up doing is like shipping a box of like couple cocktails and then like having a guest speaker and having 40 people in in the room you know type they were doing those kind of events and then they have the bartender then they'd have the speaker talking about cloud or whatever you know, and it's like, okay, is this our life now? You know, I mean, look, the vaccine, you know, it's not foolproof, but it's the start. This is sure. if, it, if it's going to prevent like you and uh, all three of us from being in the hospital, I'm all for it. You yeah, know? yeah. And that being said, you know, besides the booster, they are working on perfecting that vaccine. It's just, it's science, man. People just have to stop equating that with these bizarre like just no it's a, it's you think though you think the world government wants to be in the state there they want to make money they don't give a shit about sure. that. well then they got the thing with the uh, joe rogan got prescribed with the horse thing i know and everyone uh, and he's and everyone's like going joe. nuts i defend joe rogan and uh, and then and when you listen to him you realize okay yeah it's <laughs> it's the media's perception of uh uh Yes, that horse, whatever. There is a difference between the one they prescribe to humans and the one they prescribe to absolutely. Animals. Now, whether or not uh, it's legit as a is a, a, a something to help you get better, who knows? I mean, if it worked, it worked. I mean, I'm not here to knock the man, you know. Hey, if you you know if you could do a handstand in the middle of a you know or whatever, whatever works. Like again, uh, going back to what I was saying, like it's not perfect for any, you know, like we don't know. And we had Fred Brown on here. Who's a epidemiologist. Is it epidemiologist, Randy? Um, talking about like, like, Hey, if we, if we can get a vaccine, it's going to be like a winning the lottery. And like, he walked us through this whole step and he was talking about different masks and which one works. This guy, and he did it non-political, man. It was great. Right, right. It was yeah, yeah. Super so great info. Facts. Facts and, you know, yeah. But I mean, you know, everyone's got, I look around and I'm like, Hey, I got a, you know, 80 year old dad and ma, you know, and, Right. My in-laws and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it, like my kids are going back to school. You know, the little ones got to wear a mask, but the older ones don't. It's like it's encouraged, though. Right. You know, right. like, that's the thing. Like everybody's making up for these, these poor kids. Uh, my kid is not going to wear a mask. I'm like, really? You know how many you know how many cooties kids have? I'm sorry, but if I have a child, I'm like, you're going to wear a mask. It's just, oh, it's kindergarten, different. man, is a is a cesspool. Yeah, my yeah. kid was sick every fourth day. She'd come home just like runny nose and just. Yeah, it's just a germ factory. Um, yeah, parents forget about that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how, what's going to happen? I guess you're not going to know what's going to happen until you go. But, like, you know, someone buys your book, wants to shake your hand, 
Do you fist pump them? Do you do you just say do you just wave? Yeah. Cooties times. Yeah. The age of cooties. No, yeah. Unfortunately, it's not going to be the handshake anymore. And that's the thing, though. That's you know, not saying you have to shake hands, but like for the celebs, like you got all the you know the the, the big time people. It's like that's kind of the point is I want them to sign it. I want to I want them to look me in the eye. I want to shake his hand. I want to say I'm a big fan, and be on my day. You know. It sucks. It does. You you lose that kind of uh, interaction, but yeah. I mean, it's not it's not you know it's not going to get an autograph from Sting and him saying that he saw me changing it in the parking lot. But I mean, you know, it'll have, it'll have to do. Or Scott Hall ribbing us in the bathroom, right? Bob? Oh my god, that was great. You, what, what did he go? Did he say hey yo? I keep forgetting every time I tell the story. He goes, he goes yo, you guys ever been in a dark match? He cuts the light off. Yeah, because you could turn the lights off in the bathroom. So, like, literally, me and Eric are peeing next to each other, and he yeah. turns the lights off. Anyone but Scott Hall would have been pissy. Yeah. But I'm like, oh my god, that was awesome. Yeah, that was great. I was laughing. Man. I was like cracking up. Remember, I, I remember it was that was the show where Bruce Pritchard and Eric Bischoff were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the one, Bischoff, one of Eric Bischoff was like, yeah. Yeah, that was the the guys uh, interviewed them at our booth that year. No, so those guys, yeah, Bischoff and both those guys were great. They they gave the the knockouts and three counts guys like a ton of time, like an hour or something, which is That's un, cool. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so how? So I guess let's go back to step one. How did were you? How did you get into like publishing, being an author? Were you writing since you were a kid? Did you kind of stumble into it? What's uh? What's the what's the origin story? I don't know, man. You know, it's like it's one of those things. Like ever since uh, I always had a. Uh, well, with art, you know, it's ever since I was little, I always doodled or whatever. But writing, I've always, I don't want to sound like, uh, but it's always come easy to me, if that makes sense. Like, I would, uh, like, in high school, the like, my favorite class was, if you can hear the lawnmower, I'm sorry, I got to this. <laughs> I told them, too, I'd go outside, like, hey, man, I'm about to be on a podcast. If you want to hold up, they're like, no, we'll finish. I'm like, oh, thanks. Yeah, no worries, no worries. <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh so like even in high school like english english class was like my favorite i hated math was never good at math my english teacher would always get on me because you know i just it was bored because she she would she literally told me she goes look <laughs> you're not gonna graduate unless she told me i had to do like a 200 it was ridiculous like essay and i'm like cool i fucking knocked it out and just just writing's always come easy to me man i always love writing i always love reading I was uh, one of those kids that like was a head, like read at a whatever level, and I'm I'm not a genius by any means. I'm just saying like the capacity for me to read, and, and it's just always interesting to me. And, like I just thought, think writing is a good way to express whatever the hell is in your brain. I guess I don't. I got a lot of weird shit in my brain. So all right, so you're a you know you're an English nerd, you're a writing nerd. So so walk. So how did you get to you? So now you're like, hey, I'm gonna write about a drunk rabbit. Is that is that kind of the progression? Uh, I think yeah, I've probably told the story a million times, but uh, I my old job I was doing like physical labor, and um, it got to the point, man. I was just like, I'm I I can't do this anymore, man. It was just it was killing me, you know. Like I, I saw the old dudes how they were just there, you know, just miserable there for twenty, thirty years. Their bodies broken down. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, so that that was like it was a weird, uh, dark point in my life and then i discovered it was like the weirdest like it all came together i discovered lou reed charles bukowski 
all at the same time. And then I fell back in love with like uh, Robert Crumb. So I devoured all the Bukowskis. I listened to uh, um, Velvet Underground nonstop for like a month straight. And then uh, it came to me, like the idea for Max. I wrote my first script during that time. Drunk half the time, mind you. But sure. I, yeah. First few drafts was, uh, yeah, it was just, it was weird. It was like, that was the most creative out like moment, you know, from darkness comes the most, I guess, uh, expression, creative expressions, you know? Yeah. I know now we're, all the time. Like the funniest people are actually depressed. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, you know, yeah. And it's crazy. It was like crosswords, cross, crosswords, crossroads moment, I guess. Uh, and then, you know what is weird. And then I, I met back up with, cause I hadn't seen John, uh, Marroquin like in a while we met back up during that time. And he had just, he was doing the cons and he was like, Hey man, you know, and he put me on. So it was, it all kind of like, it was, I guess if you believe in that shit meant to be, I guess, I don't know. No, no, no. So, I mean, did, I mean, you got big, not physically. I mean, like, <laughs> like be, being no, no, you know. I lost weight, Robert. <laughs> um, no, but like, you know, you get, you get fanboy reactions sometimes like, oh my God, you're that guy. Like, you know, uh, I got, you know, I, I get, I'm, I'm humbled that I get a few people that are like, I always tell, I always tell people like, it's cool that your friends support you and buy your shit, but it's even better when total strangers support you and buy your shit. Yeah. So, the few few fans I have, it's pretty cool. I, I think I always, I mean, with me, it's not you know. I get like it, one person recognizes me every six months, either from like you know, from oh my god, I was at the TED talk that you know, or I was at yeah, yeah. the Masonic that day. I'm like, oh my god, you were there. That's awesome. Or, yeah, yeah. or back in the day, they remembered me from the Post bar. Oh my god, are you the DJ from the Post? You know, and I was, you know, like I was fine of just one person. Like you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. oh my god, you saw that? You know, type of thing. So yeah, that's got to be. That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess the, what it, I'm, I'm trying to get into, like, you know, when you're, you know, an independent author, you're trying to get, you know, are you trying to get your stuff published? Are you, is it this is just rise and grind every day? You're trying to just sell books. I well, guess what? Uh, well, no. Uh, Max is signed with uh, Rocket Inc. Uh, studio, so I okay, do, I do have a publishing deal uh, for Max, anyways, uh, for the comic book. Okay. Uh, as far as like film writing, that's a little different animal, man. That's like you know, you you write the script. You put it out there, and you hope people are interested to put to invest in, uh, you know, make it a reality. It's kind of a different animal when it comes. So to I uh, let's jump into that real quick. You got a you got a movie. I think it's still on Amazon Prime, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's on DVD and Blu-ray. Yes, uh, Bender. Yeah, it's mine sitting it's on top of my. Uh, I ever wrote, and we it's been a long time process, but it's out. And right now we are working on getting the streaming deal. Hopefully, we'll be be on video on demand soon. I uh so I found myself watching it and not getting angry, but there was so many opportunities for like one-liners and dick jokes <laughs> that it just it seems so but it would but it wouldn't make sense. But like I found myself like this is the, one of the only movies where I'm like, oh my god, this is a great time for a you know, I was like not talking back to it, but like the the dialogue was super cool, but like it, I almost felt like a little Kenny Powers almost needed to get, you know. I dropped you know, in. I'm my own worst uh, critic, so you know it's like my first script. So when I watch it, I'm like I cringe because I'm like, oof. It is what it is, though. I, I'm very happy how it came out. It looks beautiful. I mean, it's a beautifully shot movie. So walk me through that process because that's you know people always talk about. I want to write a script. I want to make a movie. I want to yeah. you know, and it ends up being some you know some trash YouTube like you know 
jackass ripoff or something like to actually write a script have a cool story cast it i don't think people know the work that goes in you know and getting like actually printed on dvd and like having it out like that's this, yeah let's put it this way this was a micro budgeted film we i wrote it in 2010 first draft 2010 eight drafts later we shot it in 2012 and it was just released last summer that tells you how long and that this is a non like i said i mean other films of course with bigger budgets have been put on the shelf and never see the light of day right so yeah it's it's a it's a long long journey so how do you even promote something like that is just like word of mouth like you know is it one of those things where you hope you get on amazon prime and it ends up being on a re- recommended list or something like that well luckily man uh a friend of mine who's who's in the in the Hollywood he, he's a comedian writer uh, actor uh my shout out to Mike Targis uh, by the way he's a good dude uh his film got picked up by Cannes by the way his short film that he made in Detroit which I'm very proud of happy for him he put me onto a company Meridian who they uh we submitted the movie and so we got a distribution deal with them and they're the ones that put it out uh Blu-ray DVD and now we're hopefully they're going to you know, we'll get streaming on some sort of platform. I was going to say that the, the hot garbage they put on Netflix these days for con they, they got to be screaming for content. Well, that's the thing about Netflix, man. It's like, I remember back in the day they put on a lot of garbage and I'm like, you know, good for whoever made this, but yeah, now it's the opposite. Netflix is very like very, uh, their content is very, they're very choosy. Now, well, you know Amazon what I've noticed? Prime, Amazon prime is pretty much like it's the wild, wild west, man. Like, Oh yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy. You know, I'm like, cool, man. Whoever, like, I'm like, yeah, this movie's a uh, hot garbage. But guess what? Good for you. You got the streaming deal. <laughs> but I mean, people watch hot garbage all the time, and you know what I mean. Like, let's be honest. There's a lot of movies that are on my list, like Toxic Avenger, and you know, th- yeah, those are-, are good bad movies, man. Those are, you know, what I mean, like, there's movies that are aware that you know, what I mean, but then there's that is, they try to be bad. bad. Yeah, they're remaking Toxic Avenger. By the way, I'm like, stop it. Enough, enough of the remakes. I'm so stop sorry. it. Remakes, yeah, the yeah. original. I know it's hard to be original, but come on. Well, it's kind of like the uh, the Easter Bunny or the um, what's was it? Dave Hayes who did the uh, oh yeah, Rotten Tail. Yeah, Rotten Tail. Like, I'm, uh, I was we, very we, happy. I'm happy for him, man. Good, good. But that's that's a that's original. We need a horror movie based yeah. on Easter. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> David Hayes, man. I love David Hayes. Like I, I love. <laughs> He's got that weird. Uh, that's why I, I relate to him because he's got a lot of weird ideas. <laughs> he's a he's a great dude. No, we had a booth next to him one year and just bounced, you know, cracks back and forth. He's yeah, he's he's uh, he's awesome. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, so I guess the process of making a movie, I'm I'm intrigued because I like again, you know, you got this script. People say cool. You know, now you got to cast it. Now you have to go through. I mean, well, that's the thing. You got to find somebody who will work for free. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I I was lucky, man. It was weird. Everything just kind of. I remember I was at Slow's Barbecue, having a few cocktails, and uh, I happened to be Virginia Bryant, who would be the the producer director. She was sitting at the bar, and I ever heard her talking about a project she was working on at the time. Uh, I guess it was with Eminem, I believe she said. But I was like, "Oh, cool!" You know, so I started talking. I'm like, "Yeah, well, I just wrote this script," and she kind of like didn't believe me. She's like, "All right, yeah," and I'm like, "I literally live a couple blocks away. I can go get it." 
And if you're interested, she goes, all right. And I left, gave her the script. We exchange emails and shit. And then uh, next thing you know, I get an email. I'm, I want to do this. And I'm like, cool. So then I immediately, she goes, yeah, we're going to see if we can get a budget. So I immediately uh, hit up my friend, uh, Rob Skates, who is the deep with the DP, the director of photography. Mm-hmm. Fuck, that dude is brilliant. Like his, if he, visually, his, his, uh, he has a great eye. He teaches at MPI, Motion Picture Institute. Okay, okay. Um, I sent him the script and he was like, I'm, I'm in. I want to do it. So I'm like, cool. Now I got my DP and he's going to get his crew. And then now we just, and then that's how it went, man. And then uh, Virginia, we happened to get a producer dude, co, you know, partner. And they raised a decent amount of money to have it, make it, make it happen. And, you know, people were paid professional. It was a very professional uh, atmosphere. It was great. So was that during the, um, the Michigan, uh, what the heck was, what do they call it? The movie incentive programs and all that? No, not at all. This was, Total guerrilla filmmaking. Uh, okay. Most of the locations was people I knew, friends. A uh, couple of locations that Virginia got. That's the thing about it, man. If you're gonna make a movie, uh, it's always good to know people that will, because you know, <clears throat> everybody's always like, yeah, yeah, my, pl- yeah, I'll let you use my place. You know, it's like, because think about it, like, who doesn't want to be there, have their location or whatever in a film? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, more often than not, they will a- allow you to shoot. Well, that was the worst part about um, Randy. What was the movie I just watched that was filmed in Detroit at the Masonic and Russell? Was it Hostel Three or something? I think Ooh, it was. I don't know. Maybe. I think it was Hostel Three. They filmed it at the Motor City Casino, which was which was technically Vegas in the film. And the the, <laughs> the weird underground party was at the Russell Industrial. Good lord! And then they were like one the room where they were like murdering the people. Um, was the Masonic. And so, like, I didn't. That that was the problem with it. I didn't even watch the movie. All I'm doing is pointing. So you're working on Max Four. Is this one like Max goes to space? Max takes Manhattan. I guess uh, what is a. Uh, I guess talk. Yeah, talk to me about well, like what does he do? What's the, what's the what's the gist? Well, this this is the the arc where he gets it. This is based loosely on the old job I had. I was telling you about. So he gets a job uh, working because you know Max doesn't like working. Uh, <laughs> Who does? Yeah, exactly. And uh, that's basically like he, be, you know, he starts working at the factory. And Sergio, the, the chimp, got him a job there. And then you kind of meet these other characters, and then he becomes unionized. <laughs> like, yeah. And then it's uh, it's like a, I don't know how many issues is going to be like maybe three, four, but that's the gist of it. I nice. like that mundane shit because it, <laughs> you know, that Harvey Picar, uh, Robert Crumb esque, Bukowski esque kind of shit you know yeah, yeah. so you are you i forgot do you all you do the illustrations too are yeah you end, end on it for max uh it's pretty much me yeah okay that's why it takes me forever to get it done that was the project i wanted tony to work on it was uh i wanted to, i wanted a booth at comic-con for just uh dick butt the dick butt and then uh i just wanted two two bucks i had no because one of my things at comic-cons is like tony's got um, like Star Wars blank comic covers, and you can have them write something. I'm like, it makes sense if you wrote for Star Wars, but it doesn't make sense if you're, you know. Right. So I said, you know what? How much to draw a dick butt on this on the Star Wars thing? And he's like, whatever, thirty bucks. And I'm like, here's thirty bucks. And he comes back, and it looks brilliant. <laughs> and I'm like, I have it actually framed. It's in like it's in my cabinet in front. So I said, you know what we should do? I go just have like dick butt and like dick butt origins. 
and just to sell two books and to have a booth at Comic-Con and do up all the all the graphics and everything. But I don't know if the guy that originally did Dick Butt, it would, you know, have you ever, uh, he won't acknowledge it, the, the author, the guy that, you know, do you know who I'm, what I'm talking about? Who? Like, um, I don't know what his name is. He's actually, he's got like a couple famous things that, that broke like cartoon wise. But it was in like one of his books and someone opened up a book and there was a picture of a dick butt and that got more notoriety than like his actual real work. <laughs> so so he hated it so much, but like everyone, it became like the thing. So like, you know, when we go to cons and there's a whiteboard, the first thing I draw is a dick butt, you know. Right. Uh, the creator of dick butt is Casey Green. Okay. But like he's something famous though. Is it, he did something that like was well known. No shit. I want to see this now. I want to see this the, this infamous dick butt. The Tony's one? I want to see Tony's too, yeah, but I want to see the Casey Green dudes. Oh, yeah. but um, Yeah, I'll look it up. I'll, I'll show you next time. But yeah, the, the story's crazy. So there, there was a time when dickbutt.com was available. It was for sale. I think for like $800. Uh, and I was trying to I was trying to get it, but I'm not spending $800 on, you know. Right. I wonder if it's still available. Oh, it's totally still for sale. Buy this domain. Oh, it's on Sea-Doo. Uh He's the same guy who created that uh, This Is Fine meme where the dog's drinking coffee and the house is burning down around. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I told okay. you. I knew he was famous. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, eight, $899 uh, on Sea-Doo. Jesus Christ. And I'm not dropping 900 bucks on dickbutt.com, even though it's kind of, I probably should. <laughs> I've spent more money on stupider. Right. Don't do it. So did you get into the whole collectibles thing during quarantine? Because like half of my buddies went bananas buying uh, action figures, not dolls, um, books, comics, like. Oh, yeah. Well, went no, nuts. it was weird because like uh, besides consuming massive amounts of alcohol during the quarantine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Although I did level up. I did level it up because I did do a lot. I did exercise as best I could uh, in, indoor, you know. Yeah, yeah, those those three ounce curls are a bitch, you know. <laughs> no, uh, actually, it's weird because I've been in this weird Godzilla kick. I've been buying Godzilla figures. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, now like I have to get Megalon. He's out there, and I have to get him. Well, I told you. I think I told you what I spent for that Ric Flair of uh, Funko, and you're like, you're an idiot. Like, you're an idiot. Well, the one I hit on all of them, like my buddy buys all the Mandalorian stuff that comes out. He's oh, okay. Boba Fett, Boba Fett junkie. And he bought all of the ones that haven't appreciated, you know, or right. gone up in value. And then he's like, God damn it. I, the, you know, the white box ones were 300 bucks. You know, guess what I have your buddy. Uh, Mike. I was at a, uh, might've been Walmart or target one of the places. And uh, the little, you know, the little like star Wars figures, they're not Lego, but they're like the little, I don't know what they are, but anyways, it was like a set of Mandalorian. And I only got it because they had the little Gina Carano, uh, and I'm like, I'm getting that because yeah, yeah. he's been canceled. This might be worth like boatload, right? So I got that. I got a little Gina Carano, and it's got a uh, the little Mandalorian dude, the little uh, what's his name, the little green dude, Grogu, Grogu, yeah, Greedo, great, yeah, Greedo. <laughs> well, the one, uh, the one I hit on, the only one I hit on, I bought a. I had to have it because I'm such a Slim Jim aficionado. It was the Macho Man Slim Jim figure. Oh, nice. I think I, 
I paid fifty or sixty for it. That's what the price was new. You know, I have and it was to limited run. Wrestling figures game up. I do. I have to get the Four Horsemen. That's worth a lot of money now, and I regret not getting it. I have uh, three sets of the Four Horsemen. I have the Mongo McMichael one. Um, I know with Ben. I think it was Benoit McMichael. It was a good group except for Mongo. Yeah, and and Benoit. Um, oh, Benoit's great. My my favorite one I, I have is the. I think I dropped. I think it was. 100 or 200 bucks, the Heenan family. Oh, nice. Yeah, that one. I won't take that out of the box. Cool. Well, because I got the, I got the, there was a painting. Um, one of Dave's friends lives in New York. She's an artist. And there was a Heenan family, like a painted portrait. And it was absolutely gorgeous. And she bought it for me because she knew I was a wrestling fan. And then Bobby Heenan was at Collector Fest in Philly, and I got him to sign. I got him to, I got him, his wife to help him sign it because he was, oh, he was, yeah. It was really sad, man. But like you know, it was it was a freaking honor. Like just to, you know, um, yeah, that and I got a Joel Gertner, which are my you know my two favorite Mike guys of all. Like them, the three headed is Mauro Ronaldo, Joel Gertner, Bobby Heenan. Like that's it for me. Um, uh, my are we talking managers or like? No, no, that was Mike guys, hype guys, Mike guys. Oh, I got, okay, I got gotcha. you. I was gonna say if we're talking managers, it, it'd be uh for me and. Whatever you can say, whatever you want, people. Jim Cornette, uh, Bobby Heenan, uh, Paul Heyman. People forget he was a great legit. Oh, he's great. <laughs> oh, he's great. He's great in Thunderball. Was it Thunderball? Was he in Thunderball? Jonathan, Jonathan, that stupid that one, the remake. Was that Thunderball? What the hell was that called? Paul Heyman was in that. Yeah, yeah, he was the announcer. He's like, someone's gonna die. No. Like, <laughs> The uh, the guy from Chris Klein was his name, I think, from American Pie and LL Cool J. What the hell was that called? Yeah, it might have been the remake because there's remakes all the time now. Yeah, yeah, the one from James Con, the original, where that stupid roller skating game where they had to throw a metal ball at a right, right. Um, but no, Heyman was in that. He was the announcer. Um, yeah, and Cornette gets a bad rap. Cornette's one of I think he's one of the greats. I really do. Granted, you know, he does he doesn't do himself any favors by. Same no. dumb shit he does, but you know it is he is he's a heel man. Like he works everybody, and I love it. He does it to get on to get publicity. They're not talking about if he's not saying stupid shit. Exactly. Gertner was my favorite because I all of a sudden I see him and I completely mark out, and I get him to do a drop, and he's like, "This is Joel, your well, girl." Well, yeah, well, no, but he's like, he goes, "Your girl's not with you because she's with me." Cause I'm listening to it in the D Gertner. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm speechless. It was, the best, yeah. 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 it was one of my greats. But uh, the nicest person there actually was Jimmy Hart. Yeah. He was like just a, just a sweetheart, but he couldn't do anything cause he was licensed, you know, like Mike, he couldn't do any mic work or anything. He just signed a, you know, but I didn't get a megaphone signed by him. That would have been great. I did get a, I did get a honky tonk man guitar signed. I went to Walmart and bought like a $60 guitar. I've never been a fan of Honky, man. I've oh, never. I loved him. And then even now, like when you listen to it, it's like, he's just like, like, dude, you're just stop. <laughs> no. I don't know. Well, no, no, he's a crabby old man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's your take on, uh, I know yeah, everyone in technology loves wrestling, but I know we're, we're we, we talk about it all the time. <laughs> what's your, you know, like as far as I'm concerned, if you're a wrestling fan, this is the greatest right now, like probably the second oh. greatest era in my life. This is insane. This is back to like the territories when you'll see Nick Bockwinkel show up on like old <laughs> WWE TV, you know, like people don't realize like this is, 
good shit. This is good stuff. This, yeah, and everyone's got a, you know, I'm, I, I follow like Cult of Kayfabe on Facebook, and everyone like picked a side and was like, no, nah, nah, why don't you just enjoy it, man? This is, I, you know, I hate the internet wrestling community because they, the trash on it. They're worse than Star Wars. Man, I thought Star Wars was bad. I'm sorry. I like, I, I, I'm glad there's AEW. I really am. And if you like say anything bad about AEW, whew. Like, dude, there's, a, no, there is no perfect promotion. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. And I'm not a huge fan of it. I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, man. It's like, oof, just why can't you watch other promotions and not like, I just, I hate the marks that are like <laughs> laugh out loud TNA. I'm like, well, have you watched the product in the last couple of years? It's been great. It's the, I'm sorry. It's the best book program. That's my opinion. So I watch, uh, yeah, there's a, like now, but now we got access. We can watch the old NWA, which is great. Um, yeah. The MLW is great. Uh, I love MLW, man. I think what Court Bauer is doing, it's like, that is the one promotion that I think is, is slept on is MLW. Jacob Fatu, I think is seriously the most yeah. underrated, like a monster. Alexander Hammer, Hammerstone, that dude. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, both those guys are money. We lost Randy. Randy's like, yeah, you guys are talking wrestling. I'm out. Totally <laughs> not my thing. Sorry, Randy. You're Sorry. fine. So are we got. Are we gonna get? Uh, are we gonna be graced with a uh, Christopher Walken, or just, you can't? Can you do it on demand? Like you know, dance, uh, dance, man, monkey boy. Jesus Christ! I don't know, Bob. You gotta let me kind of, you know. You gotta work up to it. I team D. You're done. It's over. <laughs> That's fine. That's all you have to do. Robert, Robert, are you all right, Robert? You invited me on the show, and you offered me nothing. There's no cookies, no drinks, no food, no beverages. I don't understand. <laughs> and you got Randy. Randy. You know, he does that weird, like, he gets in there. Randy Walker. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> if you can see the look on Randy's face right now. I implore you. Do not go to the road. <laughs> see, that was uh, one of our favorite things that we used to do at the cons was getting together and recording uh we only did it at cons on the floor and we would record what do we call it tales from the con side or whatever oh yeah yeah and just 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 completely obliterate the entire show and the, the smells like the mystery smells that you would find and you know that was my i still think that's one of my greatest inventions i need to incorporate especially now with, with covid is like get that uh that spritzer like you got to walk in and you get like Axe body spray to the, and then you got to get some like uh, Lysol disinfectant for like the this part, you know, because like the the like Astronomicon man, I love those guys. I love what they put on, but the smells that came from that show, I can't describe, and they're they're permanently stuck in my nose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, be- between the 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 wee high amounts of weed that you smell, I only did the first show, but yes, I remember. It was interesting. It was a hodgepodge of aromas. Yeah, I was gonna go to. I couldn't make it to Ann Arbor. I think we had to go to. Uh, oh, we had a family wedding in Chicago. I didn't think humans smelled that way. <laughs> wow. And you worked. And you worked blue collar, and you didn't know that. Yeah. No. Not like that. <laughs> so hey, uh, where do we where do we find you online? Uh, obviously, you're E R I C K. Um, what is uh Find you on Amazon. Find Bender on uh, Amazon. Yes, uh, for the DVD. Uh, find, yes, you could find uh, my beautiful, low-budget, great movie with Amazon. <laughs> I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, it's actually it's actually a fun watch. I'm not gonna lie. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I it's, would tell you otherwise too. 
Like English, I said, yeah. all, all, other than just wanting to add a dick joke here and there, you know what I mean? Uh, but it wouldn't have made sense then, you know. No. And uh, you go to Amazon and order it. You can go to uh, Walmart, order it. It was on Best Buy, but for some reason it's not there anymore. But uh, Movie Zing, Z-Y-N-G. Um, and we're like I said, we're waiting for hopefully soon streaming. Uh, also have uh, my first volume collection of Max the Inebriator Rabbit, issues one through three, available on rocketink.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Max the Inebriator Rabbit has his own page on Facebook. I'm also on uh, uh, Twitter, which I, I'm, I barely use Twitter. I'm done. I, I'm not a fan of Twitter. I'm just being honest. No, I... But I am on there. I'm uh, the real Eric G. And I'm also on Instagram as uh, Goody Max, G-U-T-I Max 75. Those are awesome. pretty much my socials. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Keep, uh, keep up the good work. Keep putting out content. Like I said, I totally miss, miss you guys. Hope, hope to see you soon. Um, yeah. And looking yeah. forward to uh, Volume 4 and you know your next, uh, your next big movie. Let's uh, we'll try to get, catch up and get a drink somewhere uh, outside in a patio, you know. Hey, just make I'm in. Whatever you let me know. I just want to be the guy at the end of the bar. Whatever movie that comes out next, that's all I want. I don't want to say anything. I just want to be the guy at the end of the bar. <laughs> I'll put you as a cameo, Bob. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what uh, Dave's Dave Hayes is the UFO movie or whatever. I was oh, the guy you? on the couch. I think. Nice. Even though that was. Uh, from half baked, but I was like, that, you know, I think guy, in the, yeah, guy on the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, good talking to you, man. Always good seeing you, and uh, keep up the good work, and uh, appreciate the time. Same, I love you guys. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Robert. Uh, and uh, hopefully, we'll see. Hopefully, things will change for the better soon, and we'll all get to be like, you know, uh, not like wearing a plastic bubble around each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but anyways, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, no, anytime. Appreciate it. Later, guys. Bye. So that's going to wrap things up for episode 410 of the IT and the D Show. I'd like to thank Eric Gutierrez for his time. On behalf of Bob and Randy, do us a favor. Drink up your drinks. Get your phone numbers. You don't got to go home. You just got to get the hell out of here. See you next week. Drive careful. Beat it. Bye. <laughs>